All right, and welcome back to Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. Here we go, episode 46. 46, it feels like. We're getting we're getting closer to 50. We're going to get here uh, uh, in a few weeks, and we'll make, uh, we're going to turn 50 into, uh, into a big episode. We're going to try to get uh, some people on for that. But uh, we'll keep it going with 46. Sam, uh, how, how have you been, dude? Man, I'm good. Good, Jason. How are you doing, man? Welcome back to Roseville. Yeah, it feels good. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty dead here, but it's uh, it's it nice really to be, be home with the family. Yeah, I know. How was the uh, how was the drive back? Have you done that like a thousand times now? Does it get uh, does it get shorter after a while? Uh, every time, I am consistent in saying that the drive back here is always way faster, even though it's the same amount of distance. It seems just way faster driving back to Roseville than it does going up to Eugene. Right. Is it a, I've, I obviously haven't been up there this entire time that you've been in Oregon. I feel like uh, I'm, I'm failing you as a, as a friend doing that. But um, is it a pretty scenic drive? Like, I don't know which route you take. Oh, yeah. It's really nice. It's literally just go up um, I-5. It's just a straight shot. And you just go through, like, forests and mountain ranges. And it's really nice. Oh, nice. Um, how's the – how's your <laughs> – shoot. I, you haven't been back um, – no, you've just been at your dad's. Never mind then. I was going to ask how your mom's doing, but <laughs> never mind. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's been nice uh, uh, down uh, down here. I know, uh, I know. When you went back up, it, at least there was some nice weather up in uh, up in Oregon, so that was good. Um, all right, so episode forty six, uh, we finally have uh, have a guest. You guys uh, don't have to just listen to uh, Sam and I ramble on about our uh, our quarantine lives and, and speculating on random ass sports news. Um, so we have uh, we have uh, a guest, Jay Rosano. Uh, most of you will probably know him because ninety nine percent of you uh, know us. So <laughs> you probably know Jay as well. Jay, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, Jason? Thanks for having me. <laughs> no man. problem. Um, <laughs> For those of you that uh, who may not who may not know, um, Jay uh, was a running back at Roseville. He was um, our third string running back. He was a horrible running back, by the way, um, and uh, probably our least reliable offensive player uh, the entire time. No, I'm I'm completely kidding. <laughs> Um, in all honesty, Jay was probably, um, our most reliable piece of, uh, of offense, um, all throughout high school. Um, how you been, dude? Good, man. Good. Uh, yeah. After graduating and everything, like finally hung the cleats up. I mean, I play the intramural league and whatnot now, but kind of just focus on other fitness other than football and my body recovering from football still like three years later. Right. Did you, uh, did you ever consider, uh, trying to walk on? Um, I like, I grown up, I kind of always had like the dream of like, obviously going and like playing college football. And then, uh, my brother, my older brother, when he, uh, graduated, he looked into it and got like the interest from smaller schools. And I kind of just like watched him go through that process and realized like, I didn't really want to like have the small school kind of like that mm-hmm. style of play. And also realized I wasn't big enough, fast enough for, for like the level that I would want right. to play at. And so, you know, I kind of just put all my eggs into my senior year basket said, I'm going to work as hard as I can try to have the best performance I can. And then just kind of be okay, giving it up after and, no complaints about it right, at all, actually. Right. Um, so you mentioned um, other 
fitness uh, goals, and I know I've been sort of following your little 100-mile um, thing in April. How uh, – kind of explain that to people because I think – I mean, obviously, you know <laughs> – you started it, so you know way more about it than, than we do. So. Oh, yeah. Well, so so it all started with uh, one of my really good buddies, actually, uh, Tyler. He went to Wood Creek, yeah. Tyler England. He was their running back also. So, uh, like, last year he ran, like, a half marathon with a couple of his buddies. And, like, I grew up next door to Tyler, so I mean, we'd, we'd always worked out together and everything like that together. And I was like, well, like, if he can run a half marathon, shit, right. I might as well try. <laughs> so, so like, a month ago or so at uh, – so my New Year's resolution this year, I was like, all right, like, I'm going to run a half marathon sometime this year. Like, mm. I'm just going to do it. So me and one of my buddies uh, down from school, we signed up to do a half marathon July 12th in uh san diego and so i was able to like kind of create like a schedule like a training schedule i gave myself like 15 weeks starting like real like low mileage and kind of just building my way up to being able to like i I know i could finish a half marathon like that's not a question here but like want to actually like run the whole thing you know like get a decent time like prove it to myself kind of and so i kind of just made the training schedule and then this quarantine hit so it took away me going to the gym and all i really had left to to focus on was Mm -hmm. running and so now i'm like okay like i know this like could get boring me only focusing on running like it it happened a little earlier than i planned on it but like i might as well just train harder do better in the half marathon Mm -hmm. the way i kind of looked at it and so i kind of set the goal for the the stallion challenge that we have going on uh the nike run club app it's 100 miles and in uh the month of April. So it was 30 days. And I kind of just set the hundred mile goal. Cause I was like, all right, there's 30 days in April. Let's say I just run three miles every day. Like, all right, that's 90. Obviously some days I'm, I'm, I can go longer than three easily now. And so I'm like, okay, like if not, if three miles a day was going to give me 90, I think a hundred would be a good goal to keep me just consistently right. running. Not so much trying to get to a hundred miles as fast as I can, but more of just trying to making it consistent to where I'm only taking maybe one day off a week and just logging miles every day. And how many, uh, how many people did you have or do you have now signed up for it or just kind of tracking? So originally there was like 12 of us, I think in it, like the first three days. And then I kind of put it on my Instagram was like showing it off to a couple of people. And now let's see, I think we are sitting with, um let's see we are we have 31 people competing to uh try to get to 100 miles we got two of them completed. oh really already yes 17 days oh wow it actually shows how long it took them to get to 100 miles too yeah we got two girls who just finished yesterday yeah yeah no i mean they were gone it took them 18 days to run what a hundred miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I have no, the, the, the whole point I started this too, like to get everyone else together. Cause I, I feel like when you like collaborate with a group, it kind of makes people more competitive. Oh, for sure. Just like gives you that kind of edge. And so, I mean, it's pretty hard to be competitive when you're socially distancing from your entire friend group and everything. So this kind of was able to do that. And a couple of people on here, are in the 70s 80s miles run this week this uh month and last month i bet they were like under 10 miles for the month so i'm like you know this is yeah, getting yeah. people active like it's pretty fun so far 
pretty excited with how it's gone. I think I'm going to definitely continue it for uh, through the summer at least. Do a couple more challenges, maybe do a couple more fun That'd ones. Fun. I don't know. That'd be fun. I, uh, I I'm not. Uh, I am not a big runner. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, at least not <laughs> uh, not long distance. What is a good half mile time? Like I know you said you wanted to run one. I don't know. I have no gauge on what a good half mile. I mean half mile half marathon uh, time uh, is. <laughs> Um, I kind of said it as like my goal was to run it in under two hours because you're like, because if you if you think about it, okay, so it's 13 miles. So if you run it in under two hours, that means you're averaging like six and a half miles per hour, mm-hmm. which is, I think it's like almost like a nine minute pace. It's like, because uh, like if you run on a treadmill, it would be like a speed yeah. 6.5, which really isn't fast right. at all if you think about it. <laughs> And so it's more of just being able to do it for like a like a longer period of time. And so I like, I thought, um, I thought I was going to have to work my way, like I thought I was going to be able to do my distance better than my pace, and then kind of work up to a better pace. But it turned out like naturally, I just have a a better pace. So like every time I go longer on my runs, my pace is staying the same. I just have to build up my almost strength and endurance of being able to go further at that has pace. the uh has the marathon been um canceled as far as you know or is it still up and running i i don't really know it's uh, yeah it's supposed to be july 12th so like what are we april we got major we got two months two like full months i'm hoping it like doesn't get canceled if if it does get canceled i'm just gonna run i'm gonna run that, yeah that was my next question just because like yeah, like I'm working to it, and like I set that date, like that's the goal, like I need to be ready by then. So I'm like, all right, yeah, canceled or not, I'm gonna be running. Sam, would you day. ever run a half marathon? Man, I gotta be. There's gotta be some money on the line. I gotta have like a group of ten running with me or something like that. I wouldn't go out and do that on my own for sure. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know if I would either. It'd be. I don't know. I, I just. Mean, I. It's so monotonous. It's just the same thing over and over like there's no there's nothing you can react to while running you're literally just doing the same thing for two hours yeah so how do you keep it entertaining like when you're going and when you're going and running like um, what what keeps you from when you hit like mile four going oh well okay i'm done um honestly i'm just like i'm like uh i'm competitive by nature and it's more of just like kind of competing with myself now that like there's no more of that sports giving me that drive and no more of this. And it's kind of just like, Oh, okay. Like I might as well just test mm-hmm. myself, set a couple like long-term goals. Like, like, I mean, it kind of made me throw on my bucket list. Like at some point in my life, I want to run like the Boston marathon oh, right, or something, right. you know, like just something nuts. And so I'm like, okay, like I can slowly just compete on something like running for like mm-hmm. the rest of my life. And I mean, like, like you said, apparently I used to be good at running. I don't know why I never figured out I could run long distance. <laughs> until like recently but i like actually enjoy right. it it's crazy yeah no i uh i i love running sprints like i love sprinting i i would i would have that be like if i could have like five exercises for the rest of my life sprinting would be one of them um but yeah no, i just at least for me because the farthest that i have to run for a test is a three mile run like two three times every year for the for the marines and i mean i can the fastest i ever ran that was like I think in boot camp I did it in nineteen something, but I it was 
I was so drenched afterward, and I guess I just I grew such mm-hmm. a such a hatred towards running because of being forced to run in boot camp so much. Yeah, um, yeah, I could totally. Yeah, I just that. got annoyed <laughs> with it. Um, so, well, that's yeah, it probably just gives you like that bad exactly. taste in your mouth now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's awesome. That's that's awesome. That, and to have that many people doing that right now, that's uh, that's awesome that you've gotten uh, so much response from that. What's uh, the What's the name of the group again? Yeah, yeah, I was pretty excited with it. It's called Stallions okay, Only. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on the the Nike Run Club app. We're we're gonna be uh, starting a couple challenges. Yeah, we should I mean, just name that. Just trying to grow the, the title and get episode. more people to go. Stallions only. There we go. Yeah. Episode forty six. Stallions only. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, so part of the reason that uh, we brought Jay on uh, is because uh, the dude knows his football, and something's coming up on Thursday, the NFL draft uh, that Sam and I have talked about a little bit. Um, but Jay is a little more equipped to talk about um, sort of the individual players than we are, uh, and definitely more so uh, than me. Uh, Sam and Sam and Jay definitely followed college uh, more than I do. It's one of those things for me that, like, college football, like, I love to watch. I just didn't watch enough of. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, sort of, that was sort of my thing with college football because I don't have a team that I follow, so it was hard for me to just sit down and, and watch a specific game. Uh, when the playoffs came around, then it was really easy to uh, to follow. But um, so we're going to talk about the uh, the NFL draft on Thursday, and then we're going to dive into the uh, the Last Dance um, documentary that is coming out uh, tonight. Actually, so I looked up an article um, on on ESPN. There was uh, there's one I think it was posted today. It was called the rankings of the top 100 prospects. And obviously we're not going to go down the the entire list of 100, but I think if we talk about at least the top 5 or the top 10, um sort of get get your guys' opinion on uh on this list. Um I think that may, that might be kind of cool and then we can talk about the order and kind of maybe what we think teams are going to do. Um so the number 1 rated prospect according to this article and give me a yes or no from you guys and why. Uh, the number one prospect right now is uh, Isaiah Simmons. You guys think that's fair? Uh, what are, Like in terms of prospect, as in like his natural ability? Just like, like the number one player in the draft. Oh, I got, I got Burrow at number one. Who? Sam? I don't, I don't know. I, I – um... I automatically assume Chase Young just because he's supposed to be one of the best prospects we've ever seen in like the last century. So you guys, so you guys both said the next two, three on the list, this dude has Chase Young (laughs) as number two and Joe Burrow as number three. Um, uh, it sounds like this guy, the, the writer's probably like a defensive mindset kind of guy. So yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could go Chase Young or Burrow, I kind of feel. I mean, or Simmons, too, obviously. Me coming from an offensive point, like, I, offense is just my thing, man. I just love right. it. So I'm biased on that. Um, I think with – well, I think I have to – I think I actually side with Sam a little bit on this one, just in the sense that I would imagine that um, – because the, the amount of hype that's been surrounded – well, the hype that's been surrounded all three of these guys. But still, um, Chase Young being what he was last year, um, I've got some mm. of his stats right here. He had uh, 16 and a half sacks, six forced fumbles, 21 uh, TFL. And uh, he was – oh, shoot. 
Oh, oh, that's more impressive than I thought. 45.7% of his tackles were coming from uh, behind the line of scrimmage. Um, Jesus. Which is a ridiculous stat. So I, at least for me, I would imagine, I would have thought that number one would have been Chase. Number two probably mm-hmm. would have been Joe. And then number three would have probably been Isaiah. Um, so they have, this dude has number, so I'll give you four, five, and six. So four um, is the cornerback from Ohio State, Jeff. And I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's like Akunda or something, I believe is. Yeah, it's Akunda, um, yeah. Yeah, so he's number four. Uh, they, this dude has uh, number five uh, defensive tackle, Derek Brown from Auburn. Mm-hmm. And then number six is Jerry Judy from Alabama. Um, and then I guess I'll just go down all the way to 10. Seven is uh, uh, Jedrick Willis, tackle from Alabama. Um, t- uh, tackle from Louisville, number eight. Uh, I don't even, I've never seen that first name. His last name's Becton. Uh, <laughs> Kai Becton or something like that. Number nine is Tua. Uh, and number 10 is, jeez, uh, what are some of these guys' names? Clavin. I don't even know. <laughs> Outside linebacker from LSU. Um, so I guess the two uh, the two guys of note, in, uh, at least in terms of uh, who's going to get drafted, because um, oftentimes the prospects versus where their draft stock is is different. Um, so a lot of people are talking about Jerry Judy and um, and Tua as well. Um, Jay, where do you think tomorrow tomorrow Tua is going to get pulled from the? Uh, from the top 10 because the top 10 order is Cincy, Washington, Detroit, New York, Miami, Chargers, Panthers, Cardinals, Jacksonville, Cleveland. Do you, obviously I would imagine he's going to go in those top 10. Where do you think he's going to go and what makes the best most sense? Um, I'm not really sure what, what the teams are really thinking with him right now because this whole coronavirus incident happened. And so he wasn't able to have his, his live pro day and for teams to check on him and make sure um, coming off his injury, he was back to the like playing level he was at. Mm-hmm. And I know, I think he had a couple like third party physicals, like with uh, a couple of the teams. And I think he might've like not passed one by one of the team doctor's standards. And cause I mean, this was a, like the, he sustained was the basically the same thing that took Bo Jackson out. Mm-hmm. And with advancements in technology and everything, obviously, like he was able to recover from it, unlike Bo couldn't. So I think it's a really touchy. I've been I've been hearing a lot about the Dolphins, and I, I feel like I can kind of see him there too. Just like they they need the quarterback, they probably wouldn't mind having an athlete there either. Yeah. And so I feel like the Dolphins could fit him for the top ten. That's what it looks like. Because I mean, the Cardinals don't need the quarterback anymore. Jaguars are going to rock with Gardner Minshew. Browns are off them. Yeah, no, I really feel like the only, unless for some reason the Redskins, no, I don't think so. Yeah, so I think in in the top 10, I feel like definitely the Dolphins or maybe the Chargers make the most sense for him. Mm -hmm. But I think the Chargers were like in Herbert. Sam, what do you think? Is what I was reading. Um, I was wondering what you guys thought of the fact that he that teams couldn't get like a really defined look at that injury. Does that help or hurt his status? Jay, you can answer that. That's a that's a good. I feel like I feel well. It it actually depends on how he actually is. If he is better, it's hurting his status because he can't prove to them he's a, he's a freak athlete. And if he was completely healthy and they could go and see. 
him move the way he used to, mm-hmm. then it's it's definitely just hurting him. But if he isn't better, it might be kind of helping him. Yeah. But it's also just making teams a little more skeptical. And so I think if anything, it might drop him out of the like, like if it were to drop him to maybe like the twenties to where a team that's already semi-established and they can, and they can take a chance on a quarterback like him and he ends up being okay. Like, that could be the steal of the next eight years, you know, for all we know. Let's say a Denver or maybe Atlanta gets their quarterback of the future. Well, actually, it's interesting that you say that because I, Sam and I had this conversation last show. And we we went through like the entire NFL, and we were trying to figure out what teams actually desperately need a quarterback. And mm-hmm. we figured Cincinnati is definitely looking for one. Washington yeah. Washington has a weird quarterback room right now. It doesn't feel like they are in desperate need for a quarterback. But then at the same time, we don't really. I don't think anybody really knows how they how their team feels about Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, and I think they got a new coach this year too, so yeah. Haskins might not be his guy either. Exactly. So, well, it'll be interesting to see what Washington does. Detroit doesn't. New York does it. Miami does. The Chargers do. And then from seven, like all the way down almost, up until the 18th pick again, which is the Dolphins again yeah. from Pittsburgh. So Dallas doesn't need one, which they're picking before them. Atlanta, Denver, Tampa Bay, the 49ers, the Raiders, Jets, Browns, Jacksonville, Arizona, Carolina. They all don't need quarterbacks other than maybe – no, cause, no, I totally forgot. Carolina doesn't need one anymore. So what if, ironically or hypothetically, the Dolphins didn't pick Tua and took a chance on him still being available at 18 and they picked somebody else at five? Knowing that he would be available at eighteen, if if he wasn't available at eighteen, that whole front office would lose their jobs if they didn't draft the quarterback this draft. I'm just I'm just I'm just throwing a hypothetical out there. I'm not saying it's going to happen. <laughs> they would have to. I, I like that hypothetical so sure. right there. That was a good one. I right, because no team before that Dallas needs would. That's, Dallas would. That's a pretty good scenario for them. You're right. After like looking at that too, unless one of these teams like like. I don't even know they wanted to snag a backup. Like, because that wouldn't actually be the worst thing if, if Tua got drafted by somebody like the Falcons or someone who has Matt Ryan who can play. Yeah. And he was able to get completely healthy and sit for two to four years even. I mean, he's probably, what, 21, 22 years old? Mm-hmm. Then he could enter as a starter kind of like Aaron Rodgers did and maybe just go lights out. So, I mean. Right. This injury could almost be helping him, giving him the chance to sit and not be thrown into the fire with some burning organization already, you know? Mm-hmm. And let's just say, hypothetically, Jay's right, and it did hurt his draft stock, and he does fall, then it, it maybe doesn't make the, the like, it, maybe it's not the worst idea to, to bank on him being an 18. And I'm looking at the draft order right now. I didn't realize Miami has three first-round picks. They also have the 26th pick. From Houston, Jeez, as well. I don't. Three? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Have... And, oh wow. And I don't see any team jumping up to take a quarterback because it's not uh... like. Well, because it's not like Seattle, Baltimore, Tennessee, Green Bay, San Francisco, or Kansas City. There's that team up uh, up in New England. Oh, New England! I would but... love to jump out to get a Tua. New that England be, does. New England does need a quarterback. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting <laughs> if they jumped up. 
But if, when, if you're Miami, you can't play with that. You literally, this is your one chance to right the ship. Even if Tua doesn't work, it's too risky. You can just say, hey, we tried it. But if you but, go to your fan base and say, we didn't solve our quarterback situation at all. We're rebuilding this year once again. We have no idea what we're doing. That's an L. Who is the, who's that other quarterback that people, um, who's getting a lot of publicity now, like recently? Jordan Love. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about, what if like, oh, that'd be interesting if two, oh, man, there's so many different. There's so um, many, I mean, and because, I mean, if you think about it, the year the, the Chiefs moved up to take Patrick Mahomes, nobody knew that was going to happen. Nobody even, like, thought of it as possibly happening. So mm-hmm. They threw that out there and everyone was just shocked. And I mean, look how mm-hmm. that paid off. So, I mean, you never know which one of these teams have like a little, a little guy that they think's just theirs. They could snag him and just throw this entire mock draft and everything right off. Yeah, yeah. we're thinking about that. I mean, the Chiefs had Alex Smith, who was for a couple years an MVP, maybe in the top 10 of the MVP considerations. And then they yeah. decided to go for a QB a year early. If we think about like Atlanta could do that or Dallas could do that if they're not thinking about Dak long term, you got some players that could potentially be in it if to a falls. Yeah. And I like the idea of New England jumping up to take a quarterback. San Francisco is at 13, um, and which is so crazy that they have that pick. Um, good it's from it's. Yeah, it's from the Colts. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I like the idea of, of New England jumping up to get a quarterback. It'd be interesting to see, like, what team, like, just trying to think in our head, like, each of us, like, what team they would s- switch with. And obviously none of us know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which would make the most sense for any team that low because I think in the top ten, all the teams in the top ten right now desperately need something. Um so it would probably be more in between, I don't know, between like 13 and, and 20 maybe. I think that they would s- try to swap yeah, and get somebody. Because um, I think if – I don't think they would do it if they went from 23 to 20. But if they went from 23 and let's say they switched with the 49ers, mm-hmm. they, they got the 13th and then picked um, something. And then the 49ers got like a pick or two or somebody from it. Um, that would be interesting, actually, because they do need a quarterback, and I hadn't even, <laughs> I hadn't even really considered that. Because well, New England has sick round picks. I know. I think the Niners don't have any sick round picks this year, and they might be looking to just beef up, beef up with some depth. So that might be a possibility. Yeah, like that, that's okay. A really well, good if it happens too. on Thursday, you guys heard it here first. <laughs> heard it here first. Oh, Breaking news. Heard <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking speculation. Um, yeah, so, so okay, so we went over the idea of the Dolphins, uh, what they're going to do and where two is going to end up. And, I mean, that'd be interesting to see if the, the Patriots kind of jump up. Um, Sam, I asked uh, you last week about the 49ers. Has, have your thoughts changed at all? Do you have any, like, wish list picks for the 49ers positions, personnel, you want them to jump? You want them to go back? Um, what would be your perfect if draft they for them? can't get a top four wide receiver, I think they should just trade back to beef up their defense and then try to trade for someone in the middle of the year like they did last year. 
Oh, gotcha. So you're so you're kind of all in on the idea of sort of beefing, beefing up the uh, the depth. Yeah, I think they definitely do, especially when as these guys get um, closer to expiring contracts, they're going to start have to pay people. They need if they want to keep this thing going, they need uh, youth at almost every position, so then they can stay under the salary cap. Mm-hmm. Right now. Jay, I know there are certain things you can and can't say, so I don't know what exactly I can and can't ask you. So I'll just, since this is a fans show and you are sort of new to the uh, the Raiders organization fandom, um, what would be from your perspective a perfect draft for the Raiders, if you can answer that question? Uh, a perfect draft for us would be Man, if we could just, like, do the same thing as last year, and it's not about, like, getting star power or names or anything really specific. We just need to fulfill our – I mean, we obviously have needs all over the board, you know? Like, yeah. we're not a perfect team. We're still basically rebuilding. Um, I just uh, – if our picks can start this year, like, that, that's, that's all you really need is the way our team is right now. If the people that we pick this year, if we pull three starters out of this draft class – that's setting ourselves up for the future right mm-hmm. there. Uh, Mayock hit on pretty much all the picks last year. So if he can do anything even of the same caliber this year, that would be great. I said it last week and my thoughts really haven't changed. I really believe that they should pick a wide receiver and with that first pick. I almost really don't care who um, because this <laughs> this wide receiver draft class is really deep. Oh, it seems loaded. Yeah, so yeah. I really wouldn't care who – um, but the Raiders don't have a number one right now, and that's not really their fault because they were they brought in AV to be number one, and they brought in Tyrell to be number two, which he had done his entire career. And then the whole debacle happened with AV, and then Tyrell was forced to be a one, which he's really he's not a one. Um, exactly, he hit he hit that right on the nose right there. Yeah, AV screwed us over. <laughs> yeah, um, and then. Uh, and then with that with that nineteenth pick, the one that we got from Chicago, and man, I was really hoping Chicago went like zero and sixteen this year. Rooting against um, Chicago almost as hard as I was rooting for the Raiders, you know. Yeah, um, it was it was man, that would have been so great if they could have had like twelve and then like a top five. I was yeah, I was really pulling uh, for the Bears to absolutely suck. Me too. Um, I but think got... uh, yeah, they kind. Of, I think we have their next year's uh, first round pick also, so we can uh, another season of rooting against them. Gosh, we're still reaping the benefits from that so, trade. Yeah. Speaking of that um, trade, though, if say it does end up happening that the Raiders get two starters, looking mm-hmm. back on those two trades when they dealt Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack, would you say that that's a like huge win for the Raiders? Not even if they get a player of either of those two caliber but just getting starters almost at like all of those draft spots. Would that say that they won those, those trades? Yeah. Uh, Jay, yeah. I, I, I think so. I think so. Just cause like those two players away almost, it was almost like, like turning a chapter in like Raiders history. I feel like there was like this, the, the great beginnings and all the old Super Bowls and everything. And then there's this like awkward, kind of middle ground of where they were just like bottom of the barrel team and Khalil Mack and like Cooper I feel like they were like they were obviously the best player on that team that was in the middle of the ground 
And I think kind of new coach going to be moving cities. Like, I feel like you kind of just wanted to start with a clean slate and that was what Mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. And I agree in the sense that I think if the Raiders do end up pulling some starters out of this draft, um, because you look at last year's draft class, it was one of, I mean, I mean, really it was one of the best rookie draft classes for a team in in a long time. Um, they were ranked first and second in almost like every category on offense and defense. Um, if they can pull at least two or three starters out of this, especially I think what makes the Raiders look even better coming out of that trade is the fact that Dallas just paid Cooper a uh, hundred million dollars. Um, and that's a hundred million dollars that the Raiders did not have to pay uh, Cooper and Khalil got uh, a boatload of money as well. So that's a ton of change that the Raiders did not have to spend and if they pull people who can at least start and produce and who mm-hmm. are not necessarily those two big money guys, I think that makes them a better team overall than having those two players. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think it over, I mean, initially the reaction, I was actually 100%. And I think all of, I think the amount, the majority of Raider fans were as well. I was way more okay with Cooper leaving than I was Khalil. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Cooper led the league in drop passes <laughs> last year, too, for, like, a yeah. double receiver. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was like, okay, we can we can find another wide receiver, but do we really have to get rid of Khalil? And when he left, yeah, I think I think everybody was really pissed. But looking Cooper's at it a now, genius. Um, if they get well, – yeah, but that, is, it, is it Gruden yeah, or was it Mayock? It was probably, like, both of them. Khalil Mack was traded. I know, but it was it was the it was the Gruden first nah, and the bro. Mayock Gruden, making up for Gruden it with go. the uh, with the draft picks. He's your guy's the savior. Hundred yes, million sir. worth it, baby. Uh, Let's go. I'd I'd rather pay him a hundred million than Amari Cooper, I'll tell you that. Much. Hands down. <laughs> yeah. Um so if I mean so yeah, I mean that would be that'd be my uh, my scenario for the Raiders. I believe they need a wide receiver, and then I, at least with that nineteenth, I would hope at least a cornerback, hopefully a linebacker. I said that initially. I would love a linebacker, and then we lost Carl Joseph uh, as well, so we need a safety as uh, also. So a uh, wide receiver, and then something on defense mm-hmm. would be sort of my perfect scenario for them. I saw a mock draft saying they were going to pick a quarterback with that first pick, and I almost punched my computer. I was like, <laughs> that better not happen. No. <laughs> no, they don't. Oh, so they have Mariota. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I, God. <laughs> I hate this guy. Mana fans are the worst. No, I know. They really Oregon are. are <laughs> they really worse, are. Yeah. Probably, yeah. if worse or was a word. Um, <laughs> so who's the idiot? True, now? very true, very true. Still, you you used it first. Um. So, what do you guys think? Who who's your uh, who top three? Like, what what are going to be the first three players off the board for to uh, Cincinnati, Washington, Detroit? I think it's it's got to be Burrow, Chase Young, and then. With that third, I I I think they'd go Akuda because they do need that cornerstone like um, cornerback to hold down their defense. But mm. that that one's kind of I really don't know what the Lions are going to want to do. They they could maybe maybe they like Justin Herbert, maybe they like Tua. They want someone to learn from Stafford. Like maybe they trade back and just want to stack up picks. Who knows? 
Right. But yeah, Sam? yeah. If I, if I had to say, I'd say, I guess, throw Okuda in that third spot. That's who I'd be taking How if I was the Lions. Is, uh, mm-hmm. Matthew Shepard? He's got to oh, be. Give me a sec. Like 32 or something at least, right? Oh, nailed it right on the head. Perfect. Yeah, they don't need, they don't need a QB. Um, yeah, no, I guess you're right. He's got at least like, – that guy's like indestructible. I'm pretty sure he got hurt for the first time last year. <laughs> and he has yeah. some – Yeah, so he's got like six more years maybe. He's got some like dirty right. pictures of the owners or something because they've locked him up from him showing nothing. So they're all in on him. <laughs> they're all in. Um, I think – I would. I mean, we just talked about the guy at the open. He's the number one prospect according to that random guy that you talked about, Jason. They're gonna they're gonna pick up Simmons. Yep. <laughs> fills fills a lot of holes. I was wondering okay. where where would Simmons play? I think he'd be like a kind of like an outside linebacker, but like almost like a strong safety. Is he fast you know, to be a safety. Not well, not fast Did, enough to be a pure safety, but he's like the fastest coverage linebacker. Well, actually, well, I mean, based on his forty time, he's probably is, is fast oh, enough too. 40. Oh, he, he ran a four three nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he was flying. <laughs> um, and by the way, he's six uh, three, two hundred thirty eight pounds, and he ran a four three nine. That's scary. I just don't. That's robotic. It's, well, and to put it into perspective, Jerry Judy ran a four uh, five nine. Really? Yeah. And let's see, CD Lamb ran a four five. Um, and Ruggs was the only one who beat him, which was a four two seven. But I think that was the fastest one at the draft. I think, yeah, I think it was fastest. So yeah, uh, Simmons is a freaking oh DeAndre Swift, the running back from Georgia, four four eight. <laughs> Oh, okay. So yeah. Oh, so... yeah. You know what? The Lions. Maybe they should get Simmons. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it's just like Superman. So there you go. It's like, oh, you need anything done? Okay, yeah, sure. Throw throw, out, throw Simmons out yeah, there. The, I'll get it done. The Bengals should draft him. And then I just feel have like him in the Wildcat. <laughs> I know. Seriously, I feel like last year the the athletic freak was DK Metcalf, and this year it's like. It's Isaiah Simmons, but I feel like in comparison, Isaiah Simmons is way more physically impressive than wow. DK Metcalf. No, I'm serious. Like, dude, I mean, the dude is. I feel like I DK. Was I, more that's of just a my meme, personal thing. If anything, and that's <laughs> yeah, I think DK just looked better yeah. shirtless. <laughs> yeah, but Simmons has been lighting yeah. up on the football field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so do you guys see, uh, out of that top 10, do you see any team, uh, just, and this is all speculation. Do you see any team, uh, dropping back for any particular reason or any team jumping up? Uh, I know we mentioned, um, the, uh, New England Patriots jumping up, but is there any team in the back half of the draft, um, that you think could squeak their way, uh, into the front half for any particular reason for, uh, to fill a need? Um, a team coming from the back. I mean, well, it looks like the the Niners have two in the first. So, I mean, they could trade one of those to either move back from 13 and stack up some more seconds or something. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I feel like the, the only way people would be moving out of the top 10 is if they're hurting for draft picks and 
they need a lot of holes filled. So that's where they would come in and get like an extra three picks, kind of how like the Raiders did with Khalil Mack and got picks for three years long. Like, right. I think that's kind of the mentality is setting up for the future now. And so I, f- I, I feel like I could see like the Dolphins. If the Dolphins don't have like a hard set quarterback in mind, I don't think it would be a bad idea for them to trade away from five, let someone else take whichever quarterback they don't want, and then like have to settle for a quarterback so they don't mess up the choice, you know? Right. That would be really, really interesting if Miami does something at five other than drafting a quarterback. Like, what? Like, because they, because with them having that 18th pick, I think it leaves the door open for at least, at least some discussion um, of of different scenarios of what they want to do. Exactly. And like, you don't really know how they rank. The Tua compared to Herbert, or maybe maybe they're hot on Love and they think they could snag him at eighteen. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean that's just assuming and, Burrow's already off the board too. I mean, <laughs> right? And I looked at and we mentioned the Forty Nine ers, so I'm looking at how many picks they have in the draft. They have two first round picks, and they don't have another pick until the fifth round. Um, so if there's a team that wanted that thirteenth pick, I could see San Francisco, San Francisco going, okay, then give us like a second and a third round for our 13th. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, just to give them, which gives credence to what Sam was saying in terms of bol- uh, uh, bolstering their yeah, defense and just getting some more guys. Keeping them young, keeping them cheap to where they don't have to pay them <laughs> too, yeah. Damn, yeah. San Francisco Sam, could be could a force you... for a little while if they hey, do this, bro. right? Hey, you said it. Yeah. You said it, Jay. That's it. <laughs> well, Sam – Sam, do you think it would be a good idea for because now they because we just read off when they're picking it they're not picking until the fifth so do you think it would be a good idea um, hearing that and getting a number to it to just well, go so to just think, back so off? They don't have a lot of holes. I think they probably have the least amount of holes to fill in the f- top fifteen easily, probably because I think they're the only playoff mm-hmm. team. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Their number one guy, like. On the whiteboard, they wrote down a name, Jerry Judy, that they wanted from this draft. If he is there at 13th, you take him. If anybody else is there, you trade down. I think that's how you handle it. Um, I was wondering, right. like, I think the Browns are in prime position to swap with, I think, Carolina. Because I think Cleveland oh. wants to shore up their O-line. Yeah, they got to give Baker some protection well, for sure. So, did you guys hear the report I saw earlier today oh, that yeah. there's some mm-hmm. tension between Odell and the Browns right I now? I was seeing that too. Man, these diva receivers. <laughs> what if what if hypothetically Cleveland swapped with Carolina and they got a wide receiver at seven Send and then said to Carolina. To o, uh, OBJ? Ooh. Ooh. There you go. Send Odell to Carolina. Give uh, give. Bridgewater, um, uh, a wide receiver, and then pick up a young wide receiver for yourself in Cleveland. If somehow the Panthers got Odell Beckham with Christian McCaffrey on the same side of the ball. That would be the dirtiest combo ever <laughs> created. Oh, God. So I didn't even think about that. So there you go. <laughs> so then you have Bridgewater, McCaffrey, and OBJ. If you swap with the Browns, well, and then the even, Browns go pick the a, Browns wide receiver. a wide receiver. Yeah, they probably wouldn't even go. I mean, probably not. There's, there's so many receivers in this draft. You could get a, 
a steal of one in the third round that's probably still going to yeah. put up numbers. Well, then there you go. So if it's not a wide receiver, then you get – okay, so hypothetically this, the seventh best player in the draft. Cleveland is either going to make it so they're a contender for years to come or they're just going to be, like, befuddled. The Browns. <laughs> they need to do something. The Browns. Else. If he doesn't want to be there, they need to get rid of him. That's it. And I'll tell you what, Miami is in a good spot to to uh, to really uh, set themselves up nicely as well with three first round picks. Just like talking about Miami, yeah, totally. This 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 is their future right here. Hmm. Um. Gosh, I Sam, I really like that. I like the idea of Cleveland switching I with Carolina, like Carolina and then giving that, them OBJ. Though. No, they just they get rid of sort of one kind of diva for a bigger. Well, let's diva. see if they're sitting at seven, seven, and they just lost Luke Keekley. If they could get like maybe Simmons slips to seven and they snag him, like they, they're probably oh there you for go linebacker. Who's that I linebacker think. that's there that you can't pronounce the name of? No, the linebacker on the draft. for Carolina. That's kind of in that range. The LSU guy, I think it was. Well, the guy that you can't pronounce his name. Ah, uh, where is he? <laughs> yeah, number number ten. Yeah, the LSU linebacker. Yeah, give it another try. Uh, whatever his name is, Kalev. <laughs> I don't even know, dude. <laughs> like I really, I'm really am not sure. I can give you his arm length, his hand size. <laughs> I just can't give you his name. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, no, so there you go. Yeah, pick up a linebacker. That's a really good shout, actually. Man, this draft has a lot of, uh, a good, like, hypotheticals. And then what's going to stink is if everything stays yeah. the same. And then, you know, it just, it just goes normally. I wonder, I'm really curious as to what the draft is going to look like. Like watching it from you home? Because obviously it's, I have yeah. no idea. But I, there's going to be, like, 70 million viewers in the U.S. This is, like, the only sporting event. We we know of for Probably. a while. <laughs> can can you imagine there being like a delay, and then somebody sends a pick, and then like two minutes later they go, "Oh shoot, no, we want to change it." And then Goodell reads it off, and then two minutes later he's like, "Oh that, yeah, that's, that's not what I'm saying." I'm like, what, "What if their time <laughs> runs out, and then like the GM's like Wi-Fi cuts out, and he can't get them? To, do they do they lose their pick? Like, do they get auto draft like a fantasy draft? Like, what is it?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like there is going to be a potential for some big problems yeah. to a, maybe happen. It's a call between Goodell um, and Craft. Craft, Craft, what do you want? Oh, it's reconnecting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you want to trade down? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, going through a tunnel. I, <laughs> yeah, I can't like and like or Goodell like the broadcast cuts off and with the first pick in the and the world would go crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, man, so this is going to be really interesting. I really, I really am uh, going to be curious for obviously because of the draft, but just how the NFL uh, does in their in their production of the draft because it's going to be way watered down, yeah. obviously. Um, which is a shame because I think it would have been really, really cool uh, to see the draft in Vegas this year. They had it all planned out. The, it was going to be humongous. It was going to be like on the, in um, the Bellagio fountain, like they were going to take a boat up to the yeah. stage. Like, no, the, the plans they had for it looked ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's, it's really yeah, a shame. And with, but... 
with there being as many people as there were uh, last year um, in, uh, gosh, where was it? Where was the draft last year? It was Nashville. It was in Nash- it was Nashville, right? Yeah. Uh, with there being as many people as there were in Nashville last year, I mean, it would have been probably – I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was like double oh, yeah. in Vegas. Um, so, And it would have been cool uh, just – it had to get flashes of uh of the new stadium as well, just for selfish reasons. Yeah. Um, so the other big sporting event that is happening this week, and actually of the day that we're recording, which is the nineteenth, is the uh, Michael Jordan, uh, the Last Dance documentary, which I would imagine the entire world is uh, really excited to see because it's something to watch. Um, so. I read I read an article the other day that said that Michael Jordan I'm sure you guys saw this too um, said he was kind of uh, worried that after this documentary airs that people were gonna uh, think he was a horrible teammate <laughs> uh, just because of some of the things that uh, has been or he said during uh, the season or during games and whatnot and uh, my dad was reading an article last night and he said that the only two people that really needed uh, that needed to okay this documentary was uh, Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan. And I think Phil okayed the documentary um, a long time ago. This, this footage has been sitting um, around for a really long time and it really, uh, it was Jordan who was the one who said no for years. Um, it was only a couple years ago that Jordan finally was like, okay, yeah, let's do this. But he was the only, the only person that needed to okay it. Um, and that's the reason why, why it got made. Um, I think the fact that it's going to be 10 parts is going to be really, really fun. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, I just learned this, uh, a few days ago. I told this to to Sam and Jay before the show, there are going to be two versions of the last dance shown. There's going to be an unedited version, I believe on ESPN. Um, and then there's going to be an edited version on ESPN two. Um, so pick whichever version you'd like to watch. Um, but there's a, just a little tip, I guess, if you're uh, going to be watching the uh, documentary. So what are your guys' thoughts on this documentary? How excited or not excited? Are you going to watch it? Or are you not going to watch it? Uh, um, I mean, my thoughts Sam, are, go first. it's weird that it's coming out now because this was filming of the 97-98 year. So what that this film is like 20 mm. years old. Um, I think it's interesting that it's coming out when talks of LeBron being better than MJ, I think have become more rampant than ever before, just because of what's been going on in LA and mm-hmm. uh, what happened when Cleveland beat Golden State. Maybe that's kind of around the same time when MJ said, okay, let's do it. So, um, I think I'm really excited to see what this is. Cause I mean, we weren't even born when Michael Jordan was in his prime. So we never got the chance to see him and like what mm-hmm. really was going on, like the atmosphere that was going on. Um, I was wondering, I was, I had like a question for you guys. Do you think this documentary will strengthen the argument that MJ is the goat or potentially hurt it to see if like, yeah, he is like a kind of a, a douchebag or like a bad person that might tip it in LeBron's favor. Just something to think about. Hi, Jay. You got um, 
Uh, see, since I, I couldn't, I didn't watch Jordan play like while he was playing. So I feel like I just can't even compare him. I keep them separate in their own eras, like goats. But for the people who were able to watch, I feel like after seeing this, that will be the make or break for them. Yeah. You, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, uh, I think, I, I really, I really hope that it doesn't. Because I'm assuming that there are going to be a lot of scenes where it's going to seem like MJ's coming across as a as a jerk and a real hardhead. I really hope that that doesn't necessarily do anything to to diminish his accomplishments in any way or give or give people a negative thought of him. Just because, I mean, Kobe is documented as being kind of an ass uh, as well, but it didn't really matter because he was winning and he, people would always say, Oh, you know, that's mama mentality and whatnot. Well, Jordan was Jordan before Kobe was even around. Kobe is Kobe because of Jordan. So it was like, if Jordan is doing all of the things that Kobe did before Kobe, then I don't know why in the world it would tarnish yeah. his reputation. in in that sense, um, at least, or at least I would hope not. And I, I can't say that people are or aren't going to look at him differently or not. I'm just saying personally, um, I'm actually looking forward to seeing MJ kind of yell at his teammates and, and kind of scream uh, and get fired up and whatnot um, because, I mean, you need that. I mean, hell, <laughs> I, Jay, I watched you yell at our team uh, a few times, and I, I didn't. I didn't think any differently of you, at least personally. I thought it was awesome. Like, it was okay. No, he wants to win. Like, obviously, when the game's over, we'll be fine. In the heat of the moment, yeah, no, it's totally understandable. I mean, we say things um, in, you know, in the heat of sports that, I mean, is we don't necessarily mean. It just comes out because it's the emotion of the game. Yeah, no, um, I, I definitely, I definitely you know? know what you're saying, and I think that – like the people who change their opinion about Jordan, like if they think he's an ass after this or whatever, he like that won't actually affect him mm. because he knows that everybody knows if you want to be the best or if you want to be the greatest at anything, like you're not going to be a nice guy and just do it. Like some, you're, you're driven, your exactly. head's down. Like, like you said, in the heat of the moment, like things come out, but that's just that's just the yeah. journey to the top and how it goes. Like you don't, it's not just a cakewalk getting there, and you're not just gonna like half-assed kind of practice all leisurely against like your teammates and just like end up being the best. Like you you have to like poke and pick at your opponents. You have to play the mental game as well as the physical game, and just like every aspect of that. And so I'm I, I'm really excited to see how just kind of a in-depth look at how one of the biggest sports icons actually was behind the cameras you know yeah um and sam i mean i don't i don't know about you but like did you did you ever have to yell at your teammates because i'm sure all of us at some point or another i know me being a point guard i had to yell and scream at my teammates all the time um and i mean i don't i really i don't think it it hurt my relationship with any of 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 my teammates like Sam do you could you think of an instance where you had to yell at somebody and it sort of I mean I don't feel like yelling in sports or saying stuff uh or saying kind of some nasty stuff in sports really affects your relationship outside no I mean it, the I actual think it hurts if in the moment game don't understand like like what you're saying like when of course there was times where we were playing like 
like ass on the football field and Jay being like a leader on the team would bring us together and like just voice his frustrations. That's just like leadership and being competitive. That's not like I hate you all. Exactly. And yeah. if you can't under if you can't understand that then, No, yeah. Like absolutely you shouldn't be voicing that opinion, really, because that's what reality is. I mean I've never yeah. been very I don't feel like I've been I've been vocal on teams but not like in a frustrating way. I'm more of like I think um le- my leadership tactic is like setting an example of how to do something, not like um putting others down or like trying to instill like emotion through hostility type of thing. I think if I work hard I but then assume that everyone else should be working hard type of thing. Yeah. That's what my sports mm-hmm. experience was. Jay, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, you were just a like fire, kind of my personality. I, mean, I feel like guy. I'm just like a it's real sports. high energy, like emotional, like expressive kind of guy. And so like during sports, like I would, you know, I would, that, that was me in my truest form at the time. So when it was, when shit would go down, I would just let it fly, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, now, I think honestly, listening to because listening to both of you guys say that you guys are kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Not in the sense that not in the sense that you both obviously worked hard in your sport, but Sam, you were more like, hey, kind of, you weren't as vocal, and Jay, you were vocal. I sort of think I felt, at least personally for me, in between kind of both of you because I had a I had a basketball team and a coach that I played for for like five years who would yell at me when I wasn't yelling at my guy at our guys. And um, he sort of forced me to be really vocal and, and really kind of be yelling across the court. And then at Roseville, it was one of those things where like sort of had to draw the line. Um, and I more fell into the, um, Hey, follow me kind of role. Um, and then, but there were times in practice where I, I really, I really had to yell at, yell at a couple people. <laughs> I, I remember yelling at, Poor Tommy. at Tommy a lot um, because, well, no, cause Tommy, no, because not, not in a bad way, but, uh, like, Tommy and I absolutely hated each other in 7th and 8th grade. Like, we – every time we played against each other, he hated me and I hated him. And then we got together on a YBA basketball team and then formed a really good relationship there. So I felt like Tommy was sort of like my guy. Um, so when he wasn't playing uh, up to what I thought his standards was, I would yell at him and he would yell at me. Um, and I know, uh, like – a couple times. I mean, there were plenty of plenty of people uh, during basketball where you really had to yell. And, and with Gernucci as the coach, he really wanted me to be vocal as well. Um, but uh, no, I, I sort of think I, I fell on the in between you guys. And I think you're both right. Like, I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong way to do it. But like with what Sam was saying, if you don't understand that yeah, exactly. sometimes in sports that that shit happens. Like, you just yeah, you just you just yell, and it's not because you're necessarily hate the person that you're you're yelling at you just want the best from them and you want the best from the team and it just comes out someone like Um, that to hold everyone else accountable and i could only imagine how hard that would be if you're trying to get millionaires that have been told their whole life that they're the greatest to get them to motivate and work in a season especially after they win two championships in a row i couldn't imagine how hard it would be to instill mm-hmm. like the same work ethic in all your teammates. 
I'd probably go nuts. Yeah, no, and they're grown ass men too. They're not yeah. like high school kids. <laughs> like we're we're playing because we truly love. Like we yeah. love the sport. Like this is fun. It's something to do. Hang out with our friends. Like this is their their lives, and they've spent their whole lives doing this. And someone's like trying to tell you to do something else, and you're like, "It got me here. Why would I change it?" You know. That's what. Yeah, that's like a that practice on a. It's like a, pra- yeah. a shoot around on Tuesday or something. It's like, well, why do I have to work hard right now? Because Michael Jordan's gonna like blow your shit up if you don't <laughs> work hard right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I 100% agree with you, Sam. I think you said it perfectly. Every team needs somebody who's willing to every do that. Every good team. Um, and uh, I mean, if you don't, yeah, every good team, every good team definitely needs somebody who's who's willing to kind of be the 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 engine for the team and and willing to kind of to try to spark uh, something in guys. Because um, if you don't have, I mean, because realistically, if you don't have that, then where is it going to come from? You know. Um, Right, but if the coach isn't good at it, then it's got to come from somewhere. Because not every coach is is necessarily uh, equipped for that. Gonna um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The blood, t- blood <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no. So uh, the documentary is is airing uh, tonight, April nineteenth, part one and part two, and I believe they're going to release um, <clears throat> two episodes. Uh, every weekend. So I think it's going to be one, two on the 19th, three, four on the 26th and then so on and so forth. Um, and then I had one question for you guys. It was sort of a random question and it sort of pertains to sports. It's like 50, 50. It was a random question that I sort of thought of last night. Um, and it, this may pertain more to Sam and, and me, Jay, I don't know how much of a movie uh, I, person I watch you are. Movies. <laughs> like, are you big on movies? <laughs> Okay, because <laughs> like for me, like move, like I oh, love watching doing. movies. Like, I would watch a movie every day if I could. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> um, well, actually, before we go, have you found like a new yes, favorite movie? Last night, night I watched Goodfellas for the on, like, first repeat? time. That movie's badass. <laughs> I oh, felt like I was like in in like the Italian a phenomenal mafia. Phenomenal like, movie. It made, me so, it made me so proud to be Italian for like some weird reason, you know. <laughs> so I was just like, God, these guys are stuck. <laughs> So is that your so is that yeah, your favorite probably, gangster so. movie of all time? Well, it's a good uh, fella. No, Sam, do you have a favorite gangster movie? Head no. Goodfellas is really really good. Um, I there's not really like a like gangster movie that I can think of that I love. I would say more than more than Goodfellas. I really can't think of. I mean, obviously there's The Godfather, yeah. but I haven't seen that from beginning to end um i've scarface seen a lot of bits cool. and pieces of it um, and obviously the irish scarface yeah um i just watched um uh the untouchables which is kind of a cop gangster movie um earlier this week that was really cool he's um, he's just I like don't know the, why the american gangster actor. every single gangster movie ever made <laughs> He really yeah, is. Yeah, no, exactly. Them too. Uh, like, and Al Pacino. They made their well. living off being a, uh, an actor gangster. How cool is that? Pr- pretty much, yeah. Um, and Tom Hardy is actually going to be um, uh, son of a bitch. What is the name? Uh, Al Capone. Uh, oh, he's, oh uh, that'll Al be Capone good, in a, uh, an upcoming movie. 
Um, yeah, the tra- they just dropped a trailer for it um, earlier this week. It was pretty interesting. It was actually Capone in like his later years. Um, so yeah, Tom Hardy yeah. kind of knocks it out of the park every time. Every time he's in a movie. Um, so I asked my dad this question last night, and I said, if you had the choice of only being able to watch, so actually, it's probably not the right way to phrase it. If you had could have one thing taken away from you, you could never watch again for the rest of your life. So would you never watch sports again and only be able to watch movies for the rest of your life? So movies from the past, future, when they come out, movies. So you'd be able to watch movies normally, no sports or vice versa. Watch sports for the rest of your life, past, present, future. Only sports. Just no I only watch sports for the rest of your life. Yeah, I Sam, can that was quick for Jay. Watching sports, to be honest. Yeah, and my dad said movies, and I was I was like fifty fifty. I mean, for him, like. His answer to me was like, "There's only one sport that he's like mm-hmm. addicted to watching, and that's the NFL because he loves the Raiders." And um, I completely understand that. And I, but he said movies just because. I, I mean, I think he could. I don't know. I, he wouldn't be giving. He'd be giving up a bigger part of yeah. his viewership by giving up movies, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I think sports for me as well. Like I could, I really think I could be okay without watching a. Movies, but not being able to watch the Raiders, not being able to watch the Kings, um, and and just sports in general. I think yeah, no, be, I feel like, like really without really any pro sports right now, like this really just made me grateful for being able to spend twenty one years watching sports every single day. Like I didn't, re- I didn't even realize like until this happened how much my like my entertainment life revolved around sports. Like, whether just be having ESPN on, like, the highlights for the day. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even care, like, what the highlights of the day are. But it's like, oh, okay, it's something new, you know? Like, oh, that was a cool, that was a cool, like, little little shot they did for whatever. And now it's like that there's no new highlights for the day and there's just nothing new, like, going on. And, like, the only thing on ESPN is either, like, some trade rumors or, like, something. But there's nothing, like, live happening. I'm just realizing, like, how big of a part it was of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, exactly. That was uh, the, one of the first things that we I ever did on this podcast was I I wrote a big little piece for the for the show, um, and it was my argument for sports is like sports is like the best thing that we have as like a as like a society. Like it, it just it brings people oh, together like in a way that like nothing else can, uh, and you and you realize um, now uh, how big how big of an impact it has. Um, on our lives. Do you have like, do you guys have a favorite sports Ooh, a movie? Favorite sports off the top movie? Of your head? Um, shoot. Uh, I, I probably seem to remember the Titans the most, but I, I, I don't think that's like my favorite. I'm not really too sure. Sam, do you? Sam. What's up? I don't know. Sorry. My, my Sam even still here. Me, I guess when you asked me, yeah, are you so good? Like, cut me out. <laughs> What what what's going on? Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness gracious! I think um, I just Coach asked Carter's what was probably, your well, favorite sports it. movie of all time. Um, oh, that's a good one. Uh, Glory Road's pretty good. Um, there's probably some that I'm. I mean, Remember the Titans is 
obviously up there. Um, right. Uh, Big fan of the longest yard. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, the longest yard. <laughs> Love the longest yard. Honestly, for me, I just I just watched my favorite sports movie a couple days ago, and it's actually has nothing to do with um, the baseball, oh, soccer, football, gosh, yeah. basketball. It's actually an MMA movie. Wait, it's called is that yeah. Warriors? Yeah, yeah. Warriors. I, I just watched that like two days ago. Yeah, Tom Hardy, badass. It's amazing. That's my by far. Boxing my movies are really movie. underrated for sports um, movies. Actually, like in fighting and, movies. Now thinking about it, like they're always so hype. Cre- yeah, like all the Rocky fighting movies are always great. Mm-hmm. Like Rocky is like a cult classic for a lot of people. Everybody seemed to love the first Creed movie. Um, the second Creed movie was really good. I personally didn't think it was as good as the the first one. Um, but you're right. Boxing movies are huge, um, which is why I kind of liked Warrior as much as I did because it wasn't about boxing. Um, actually, it was sort of it was another movie, sort of like boxing, but it was a yeah, different yeah. side of uh, of a similar sport. Um, and it was uh, it was really interesting. I, I Warrior is one of the only movies that I watch now. And, like, I still get, like, goosebumps watching. And I'm still, like, sitting, like, on the edge of my seat, like, still, like, watching the fights. And I know what's going to happen and everything. But uh, I think part of the reason why I like it so much is because it takes place. Like, half of it's about fighting, but half of it's about everything else outside of it, um, which is really cool. And Tom Hardy and and Joel Edgerton uh, do a really good job um, in that movie as well. Apparently, Joel Edgerton had a background in fighting. And Tom Hardy did not. We I was we were listening to the commentary, and Tom Hardy's a sissy. Like he was he was talking about how much he just does not really like fighting very much, and he's really not an aggressive guy, which is kind of hilarious because of yeah, all the pretty ironic roles that he plays in the in movies. Um, so they actually had to work more on on uh on Tom than they did Joel, uh, which I thought was really funny. Because um, I mean Tom Hardy's freaking. <laughs> Bane from Batman <laughs> and he's and he's Mad Max um Venom so he's played all and now he's Al Capone um so um well that's really all we got uh for this show um Jay thanks for coming on dude it was uh, nice to have somebody else here uh, other than listening to uh to just Sam and myself <laughs> yeah, talk no, man, for, for having know, me. It's 45 awesome. minutes to an hour of course um so thank you guys so much for uh, listening. We hope uh, we kind of gave you some entertainment uh, for, uh, for about an hour or so, kind of break up your uh, uh, quarantine routine. Um, you guys have still been listening to the show through quarantine, which, which we really appreciate it. Um, I, uh, I know we've, we've said this before, but somehow, some way, we've uh, sort of become a, a, a global podcast. We've now been played in uh, six different countries, which is really interesting <laughs> because I don't think we know that many people. Um, <laughs> So obviously it's uh, it's getting out. So thank you guys so much. Uh, it's been uh, it's been really fun so far, and we're gonna keep cranking these out. Uh, we hope you all are staying uh, happy and uh, staying everyone. safe. And we will see you all uh, next weekend. Have a great.